Like I said, tonight could be big. But let's go back to the beginning. Actually, it all started under this very table. he takes these words to heart and he he makes some grand entrance dancing and this scene is where I was like oh this is the secondhand embarrassment that I thought this entire movie was going to be and I'm very happy that it was just this scene even though it was way too fucking long Oh my God. In my notes, I wrote, why are they dancing in front of everyone? Who the fuck does this? This is (laughs) happening so long. Why is everyone outside? Because like they dance in front of everyone. Everyone's like, that's so sweet. I'd be fucking annoyed. I'd be like, where the fuck are they dancing? Especially since they're not even a couple and everyone knows he has a girlfriend. And then they go outside and everyone's dancing. I'm like, where's the music? There's no music. Y'all are way too white to just like dancing (laughs) with no music. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) That's not true. When they first went outside, they stopped dancing because there's no music. Evie looked out the curtains and she was like, oh, I'll turn on the music outside, which made no sense whatsoever because the music was being played on an antique record player. But somehow she turned up speakers outside. Technically, no fucking way that would happen. She has a magic Bluetooth speaker <laughs> that connects to her phono preamp, even though she barely has internet. <laughs> right, right, right. And she has to crank yeah. that fucking record player. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. She's like, I'm cranking it. Yeah. Thank you for catching that because that's so funny and adds to it. And I completely agree because I had a lot of fun watching this movie, mm-hmm. but this scene was the level of obnoxious and embarrassing that I was fully prepared for. Absolutely. I was t- terrified this whole movie was going to be that scene and I was pleasantly surprised that it was not yeah until this scene happened yeah and then I was like oh yes this is where I am it's like you wake up and you're like oh right right (laughs) I'm not at home (laughs) this is also so they were dancing so I got bored and like was looking at stuff on my phone this is when I realized that his mom was the woman that played the virgin Connie Swale in the Dragnet movie in the 80s oh I love that She's also one of the mean girls in the original Carrie and oh, something wow. else I don't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I really liked her, even though she didn't get a lot of screen time, but I was like, okay, I know her. Yes. She has very much a look of like, I used to be a uh, hot shit in the eighties lady, which still fucking hot. That's. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. Thank you. Age yeah. 26. EB has karaoke set up. Yeah, and people are only singing Christmas songs, but not even like... Wait, that's not true. Oh, wait, is there a not Christmas song I miss? Yeah. EB starts off the scene doing karaoke, and her, of all people, she's not singing a Christmas song. Everyone else does. Oh my God, what is she singing? I don't remember. I didn't write it down. I forgot. Oh, oh my God. Okay, so a little glimpse into the rest of her humanity. (laughs) It was like, by the way, she's not Santa. She does exist outside of Christmas. (laughs) Okay, okay, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did write in my notes that like Ashley sang Little Drummer Boy, and I was like, no. Like again, why is she here? Why does this character exist? <laughs> like, we have made a very specifically unlikable girl, woman, person who also doesn't really make sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's not even like she's annoying in like a way where you're like, Yeah, I know her. You're like, 
she's singing little drummer boy, but she's also shallow. Like, I feel like she'd be too embarrassed to do that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And at one point she's talking about how every once in a while, she's a pick me just, you know, to get by. It's like, that's, yeah, no, I, I, like they just who didn't, are you? Like, if you're going to make her be this casual villain, at least make her a villain. Like, yes, I, you know, I, I want to be interested in it. <laughs> Yeah, not me. So Kat finds out, or she knew, I guess, that Sam and Rebecca broke up because Rebecca called Kat from Sam's phone. Wow, there's a lot to unpack with this breakup that I don't want to do that. But yeah, it's like basically Rebecca's like, so Sam is the one who dumps Rebecca. And then Rebecca drunkenly calls Kat and is like, good luck with him. And and Kat, like, while she's talking to Sam about this is like, you know, unfortunately the breakup made her human. Perfect Rebecca. And I was like, you're such an asshole. She's Rebecca is the one who got dumped. She's sad. You don't have to like, <laughs> we get it. You're insecure. <laughs> right. You don't have She's to like, be Fuck that perfect bitch that isn't good enough for you. <laughs> I was like, okay. But also, yeah. you know, kind of realistic, like kinds of feelings that would come up. Like, sure. Yeah. Realistic feelings that would come up. Because you have feelings for someone that you see once a year. Once a year at Christmas. Also, while you're surrounded by like random children, your parents, <laughs> men who work at a furniture store. Yeah, Nothing more romantic than that setting. <laughs> and the sexless setting of like a vaguely religious Christian celebration. <laughs> uh-huh. So she takes them to the warehouse or whatever it is that she works at that her dad owns. And his dad owns. And she's like, look at all this cool stuff I do. I'm hot shit. And he's like, wait, you build shit? That's crazy. And she's like, you don't know I build shit? Fuck you. And he's like, bitch, what do I do? And she's like, you know what? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And like the movie has this thing ever since. I thought that this would stop with the stabbing. But like one of the ongoing things is just that she hits him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's in that like very like, oh, stop. But it's like annoying. It's annoying. And it looks like it fucking It hurts. looks like it hurts. Like it's not like a pat. And she also does it at times that don't make sense. Like at one point they're talking about the breakup and he's like, yeah, I'm sad. I'm not over it. And she punches him. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? are you over it now bitch she's like oh you're such a wimp what you're the one who baited him with the question about how he's doing she baited him how are you doing oh you're not well well fuck you you're a pussy (laughs) except she couldn't say that because she doesn't swear right right because there's a swear jar there's an interdimensional swear jar that follows them everywhere exactly they lay in the bed of a truck which is filled with foam it's fine it's fine whatever i'm gonna nitpick though because that's just fucking weird why is there a truck in this warehouse that is filled with foam and it's just to apologize i don't it's fine yeah i don't like like is it memory foam like are they building mattresses like what's going on and then like both of them admit oh i guess i don't know you as well as i thought i did you know because you only see each other once a year you idiots and like again y'all have not figured out that you could email or write letters or call each other on the phone or anything if this is such a big deal you would have tried to keep in touch like this isn't what like or or you could at least have one throwaway line that's like oh neither of us are good at that you know, yeah. but there's no explanation as to why they wouldn't know anything else about each other's lives. No, it makes zero sense. You guys, the future is now. And also, if it wasn't, you still have phones in the 80s and the 90s. You guys, 
You fucking guys, come on. Exactly. Like she would have known about the breakup from Facebook at this point, you know, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess it's just the whimsy of the like once a year, you know, Christmas magic. I mean, it's a Christmas movie, so it's got to be that way, but still it doesn't mean it makes sense. Exactly. I just feel like this is one of those things they could have easily added one or two lines to explain Yeah, that she refuses to get on social media and yes. he, he doesn't like to text because it makes him think of work or something. Like, really? Uh, she knows he's single and they're like, oh, we should like get to know each other. But then it's like they obviously don't know how to actually communicate with each other because it kind of ends there. And then the next year she fakes sick. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to see him. And I don't get it. Like, Mm -mm. I kept thinking there was going to be some big reveal. I honestly was like, she's pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, is she pregnant? What's going on? Or is she sick? Like, like actually sick, but with something longer term, like cancer or something. Like, I was like, what's this movie (gasps) doing? But it was just like her faking sick. I was like, wait, the last time you saw him, y'all had this breakthrough. Right. Is it because you haven't talked to him in a fucking year? Is that the problem? Because that's fair. Right. Like maybe you should both figure that out. So then he keeps, instead of just being like, okay, she's sick. She's not coming. He keeps like calling her and he gets a little bit creepy, actually very creepy. Very. It was, it was a problem. It was very problematic. I did not care for it. It was really scary. Like he did not respect her boundaries. He's like, I'm coming over. And she's like, I don't want you to. And he's like, well, I am. And I was like, yo, dude, no. If she doesn't want you to come over, don't come over. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're like on the phone insulting each other. And I don't even understand how it got escalated to that point. Like it just escalates really quickly. And they're just saying the meanest shit ever about each other. Yeah. And she's only doing it because he's doing it. She's just like, oh, uh, you're going to be a dick. I'm going to give it right back. And he's like, how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, wow. She's like, wow. You think that it's normal to not see your family or not keep a job longer than a few months? Or, you know, you think you're better. He he calls her an unimaginative townie, which is so mean. So mean. Because that's kind of how it starts. He's like, (laughs) you're just going to stay inside you townie. It's like, well, yeah, rather than hanging out with you. Also, it looks like she has a cute apartment. Leave her alone. Yeah. Super cute. I don't know if she has anything outside of that room, but so cute. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, the one space besides the furniture and the Christmas <laughs> houses that she inhabits. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then she's just like, well, you're unreliable and like, you don't know how to have relationships with people. And then he's like, you hang out with your dad and like have breakfast with him every day. And you just moved out of the house two years ago. You're afraid to do anything out of your comfort zone. And then she's like, well, you think you're better than everyone. And if you stayed here longer than a few days, we'd all know like that we're just as good or better than you. Uh-huh. And then it like, they have meaner versions of what I'm saying. And then the <laughs> kind of like climax is him saying, you have been living inside of like the trauma of your mom dying and like basically calling her pathetic and being like, you don't even remember your mom, but you just use that as an excuse to like never move away. You're holding your dad back. Mm-hmm. Like your dad wants to move on and you won't let your dad move on. That's fucked up. It was, it was, I was like, this is so out of pocket. And also how the fuck would you know if that's what's happening? Right. I see you fucking once a year. Shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. So he's basically just like, you have to live in the past and nothing can ever change because of your mom. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, even if that's true, that's a really intense like wound for you to just like play around in because your right. shouldn't come to fucking Christmas. Thank you. All of this shit is just harsh as hell. And then when she tries to just like pick at it a little bit and like try and give it back a little bit, 
he gets so fucking offended and it was just like pure narcissist behavior where he's like look i can be an asshole but if you're an asshole to me i'm a victim so just fuck off and don't even try it i hated this whole year this year was not right i hated it i was like wow the christmas spirit is not here (laughs) they killed christmas thank you that's correct now it's present day oh by the way that completely destroyed her she was oh yeah commission she's like weeping on the floor which like yeah if somebody that has known you your whole life says something that hurtful and is basically like you're pathetic and dramatic and also even your pain is like overrated (laughs) you're gonna lose it (laughs) yes especially basically and he's also kind of like we all see it like he's doing that thing which is also the worst thing you can hear when you're feeling self-conscious is like all of us see this horrible thing about you that you don't even see Oh my God. Can you fucking imagine? Stop yeah, that's, it. That's a nightmare. That will push you into some suicidal like ideations, even for just a time. I agree. Present day. We're back to day one or the beginning of the movie. Anyway, the camera is right on the ring box. Bro, don't lose your ring. But he lost his ring. He comes back in and he's like, hey, uh, <laughs> the kid... There's this one little boy in this whole year scene that I fucking love. He was so fucking cute. First, he's talking about like, so you wake up and um, there's a plate of cookies and like some of them are gone, but some of them are, but like the, it's like Santa had some and Kat's like, oh, can you eat those cookies? And he's like, I mean, I think you can have one, but I don't, I love this kid. He's so cute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I would have watched the whole movie of just this kid. He was fucking adorable. Honestly, would have been good vibes. I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. Kat's got a little girl in her lap, and her name is Alice in Wonderland. I don't remember her last name, but Sam was like, no, seriously, that's her name. And Kat's like, yeah, she's my goddaughter. Shut your fucking mouth. I love her. It's been five years. It's like her buff exes kid. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, you are so unpredictable. Like Sam is like, wow, you're being nice to this child that your ex had. And like, well, yeah, I mean, don't take it out on the kid. Right. Oh, <laughs> like, you fucking little gonna be mean kid. to this little girl because like her dad's a douchebag. Like, come on. Yeah. We're still human. But guess what? Cat has a ring box too. You know what? I'm going to let you just go off on this for a while because yeah. it was weird so i want to say that this is the the present day that which you know it's been five years because they like screamed at each other and alienated each other Mm -hmm. is the only time that we hear about phone calls and emails existing because he brings up to cat sam brings up to cat did you get my messages did you get my letters and she's like yep and like it's clear she didn't respond and he's like you know i want to apologize those were kind of my form of apology she's like it's okay you know it's been a long time basically Mm -hmm. and he's like He's like, okay, can we go on a walk or something? And she's like, sure. And then he realizes, oh shit, my ring box that I have is like, I I like lost it, you know? And then Mm -hmm. he has to go find it. And then he realizes she has a ring box too. And he like asks her about it. And she's like, oh yeah, like really vague. You know, sometimes you got to make the choice if someone else isn't making it. You got to make it happen. He's like, oh shit. So she's going to propose to some guy. Cause she mentions like, you got to make it happen for a guy, Mm -hmm. right? And then she goes up to the office with all the fake books on the wall <laughs> and EB is there and she's like, EB, I just want you to know, like, you are basically my mom because, you know, she's dead. So uh, 
and like you've you know all these sweet things that she's done and Evie's like emotional and she's like making Evie a cocktail and it's a callback to a cocktail like the scene earlier when Evie made her a cocktail and then she like calls her dad in very weird but sure oh yeah also the first time we ever hear about text because Evie walks in she's like oh I got your text three minutes I'm here and then her dad walks in oh I got your text five minutes I'm here like nobody had an internet tower in this town until like 2012. <laughs> like that is yes. like they're like, okay, finally we can try to keep in touch, which is very convenient to the plot. So then yes. Kat just gives them this talk about like they are her parents and they've been there and she puts their hands on each other. So creepy. And she goes, <laughs> she proposes for her dad, which I just okay, there's so many things to unpack about this. Come on. What the fuck? Let's First of oh all, my God. you have no idea if EB is still into your dad. Just because she had a crush on your dad like 30 years ago does not mean she's into him now. Thank it's very you. presumptuous. You don't know if your dad is into her either. Ugh. So it's really creepy and weird because it looks maybe like you colluded with your dad or something. Ugh. They're adults. They don't need you to do this. This is creepy. Okay. It's manipulative to be like, you're like my parents, so you should be together. You're in your 30s. You need to fucking figure it out. Thank you. If I had been either of those people, I would have been fucking mortified. It's so condescending. Okay. So they're not dating. They have never been in a relationship as far as we know. And you're going to propose to her for your dad? what it's so fucking out of pocket like on so many levels you're making so many assumptions you're also like only framing their lives in relation to you so you should be married because you mean a certain thing to me well maybe they don't want to be married again maybe they have different shit going on that you don't know about because you're very self-absorbed like she had watched the parent trap a month ago and she was like i'm gonna make this happen for me but Except different. They don't have a twin and they've never <laughs> been together. Yeah. I wish like, I had a twin. It's so creepy. And then, of course, because it's this kind of movie. And again, this was kind of like the dance scene, in my opinion, because uh-huh. it was one of those scenes where I was so angry and it gave me such secondhand embarrassment that I was like, this is what I had been expecting more of. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. It was. Yeah. Good God. Fucking mortifying. What? No, no. Making out in front of her because they're like, yes, thank you so much. We needed you to do this. So that's great. Because if she ever has kids, she's going to be the worst mom ever. She's going to like try to control all their, like, she's like, I can control my dad. (laughs) (laughs) So then she goes downstairs and, oh, and meanwhile, Sam is talking to Ashley, you know, who we all hate. Oh yeah. She's the worst. We all hate her. Dude, I saw your ring box. It's not going to happen. You don't get her. Kat and I talked about it. She's been over you a long time. And honestly, I kind of didn't blame Ashley for that. Cause even though she's a shitty character, I would be so annoyed if I was anyone else watching them. I'd just be like, stop. (laughs) Right. Like, where are you going to live? What's going to happen? So Right. And five years later, he shows up with the ring box. Like, you yeah. Know, like, come on. Are you, you serious? Respond to your apology and you're going to try, like, again, very red flag behavior. So he's like leaving because he's like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And then he goes, yeah, like, it should be parents. And his parents are like, no, do it. Which again, what the fuck is with everybody has such weird and meshed views of like how romance works and everything. <laughs> They're like, actually, it's a democracy. We all vote on your relationship. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so then his parents are like, no, it's not too late. Go for it. Follow your heart, even if it doesn't make sense. And it's full of fleeting emotions. And so then he's like going, he's like, okay. And meanwhile, Evie, who, you know, she just probably fucked. Um, yeah, absolutely. Bathroom time. Which, mm-hmm. you know, go for it, girl. Absolutely. <laughs> like, get, get that. <laughs> She's like, I need you to see something, cat. And this is when the movie truly, like... <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck I was looking at. No, this is insane. First off, she says, you need to see something. And she she hands Kat a, like five house keys. And that, first off, n- makes no sense. Zero sense. And she's like, cool. Next time we see her, she's driving to the, the furniture factory. A, those were house keys. They did not start a car. B, she probably has... Why would Evie have them and she wouldn't? (laughs) Thank you. Did they change the locks just so they could do this? Weird. (laughs) Super weird. So she walks in and there's a, okay, okay, okay. There's a trail of red crayons going to her workstation. Okay, we didn't talk about this before because it's so inconsequential. But at the beginning when they're four, Sam holds up a red crayon to four-year-old Kat's dress and says, Oh, they match. That's it. Literally, that's it. Like, he's a four-year-old who says something. Who would even fucking remember that? I, like, barely. I like. I do not believe that they remember this. Like, they no. remember when they were seven. But like, come on. No. Uh, duh, duh, duh. No. And yeah. she walks in, follows the trail of fucking crayons, and there's a map. In a photo of the broke downest house that I've ever seen, it looked like it was going to collapse in on itself. And then she keeps going, and there is a cardboard house playhouse it, thing. Yeah, it was very elaborate. She's like walking into a haunted house that's like <laughs> fucking cardboard boxes with like crayons on it. It's like if you make a fort when you're a kid, except like this deranged adult man made it for her, even though they don't keep in contact to be like. What if we lived here? What if we lived in a house like this? Maybe we could even color the walls with some blood. (laughs) Yeah, because we cut back to Sam and his parents and he's like, I bought her a house. What? What? What are you talking about? Implied like, oh, like this, these are the plans. This is like a blueprint. Like, I don't get it. And then, and she's like crying. Like, she's like, oh my God. So <laughs> and there's like a fucking like fake like crayon thing that's like cat's inspiration board i'm like oh my god he knows that i like vision boards like I mean, that's a pretty safe guess. <laughs> but he also says to his parents he's like it's cool it's in the middle of new york state it's fine because i now have a job blogging <laughs> bro <laughs> I got news for you. I I, I laughed so hard at that because I was like, wow, I've had blogging jobs. And first of all, could never buy a house. So <laughs> there you <laughs> go. You definitely need a good dual income to do that with a blogging job. Second of all, the website you're blogging for is going to last a year tops. Then <laughs> you're going to need to get another one. Third of all, what are you talking about, dude? How do you go from going to the UN to like, look, I know media is hard, but like, what is happening? Like, there's so many gaps in what is going on. Maybe that's why he bought it for her. So she could afford to pay the mortgage. He's like, she's actually got a really good job. So I'm going <laughs> to pick a house and she can pay for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's smart planning, if nothing else. I mean, you know, uh, respect, like toxic, but respect. <laughs> They're both like, oh, shit. 
Because his parents are like, no, you should whatever, go for whatever, I don't, whatever. So they're both like, oh, shit. And they go and run to Evie's. Cat walks in. No one's in there. There's Christmas lights everywhere. I guess more than usual because there were always Christmas lights. And she sees the little kid's table and it's got lights underneath it and a tablecloth. So she knows automatically I need to crawl under there. And she does. And Sam's waiting. And it was weird. It was really weird. And honestly, okay. So I understand the trope of like, you had a crush on someone as a kid. You knew them as a kid. And I do think most people, even if you didn't date somebody from childhood, like maybe there's somebody, if you go home to where you're from, where you're like, oh, I had a crush on them when I was younger. So there's like an association, even if you don't feel that way anymore. But I can't imagine being like, I want you to remind me of when I was five all the time. Like that sounds (laughs) weird. Like that, that creeps me out. It like there's a difference disgusting. A, yeah, like there's a difference between like a reference to like something from your childhood, but I don't want like I'm an adult. I don't want to be a kid again, and mm-hmm. I can't be a kid again. And it's infantilizing and weird to be like, remember when we were six? It's like okay, if that's all we have in common, we're not going to be able to get older together. No, 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 no. Right? Like we're we're not children at Christmas. We are adults. And if we can't do that together, if our whole romance is crayons, <laughs> okay, that is not, that's going to get stale real quick. Yeah. Like, okay. Your children, you're pushed together because you're the only children in the house. You build a friendship. Cool. I get it. Imagine. Okay. Just imagine the fact that the people that you hung out with in high school, you actually had some stuff in common. So you enjoyed their company. You were just pushed together. Imagine imagine that one of those people proposing to you after only seeing you once a year for however many years disgusting as a child delusional (laughs) what the fuck dude no no like exactly like I was just like this is wild and then of course you know it's supposed to be all romantic and everyone's and it's also and I mean this is realistic like if you're in a smaller group of people like things can get incestuous like with uh dating and stuff yeah. but like you know it's like proposing in a house where like her ex and his wife is and then the girl that he dated is and like all I'm like I don't know none of this is romantic this is so emotionally stressful to me Yeah and what makes it <laughs> worse is dynamics you're surrounded by <laughs> Absolutely and what makes it worse is that after he proposes and she says yes Everybody screams congratulations, which means they were all fucking listening the entire time, which gross. So creepy. So creepy. So creepy. Again, I had a lot of fun watching it because the experience of watching it is fun because there's a lot of good actors in this one. Mm -hmm. And I do actually think some of the writing was good. I think a lot of the individual conversations and lines were well done for the genre. Yeah. But obviously the ultimate plot arc is ridiculous. They are so incompatible and it is like, it is so unhealthy. Like it's clear that she never respects him. She thinks he's like annoying. Yeah. The whole time she's just like, you think you're hot stuff. Fuck you. And then he's also kind of like never asks any questions about her and is like, I don't know. She's just here. That's not a good basis. No, you want to base your entire future on a townie that you see once a year. I mean, townies are great go for it but yeah I mean it's it's just like you know the romance that you have of like maybe because he does seem very insecure in certain ways like she's not gonna make you feel bad in the way that some other women will because you know she gets you and blah blah blah. like that's not gonna last and also her thing of like 
this guy sees me and he knows me. And you know, I'm like, no, <laughs> make this a long engagement. Like let's go for a good three years of just like planning a wedding. How about that? Don't put any payments down on any exactly. homes for a few years. Let that relationship just whoop, whoop. Enjoy calling him your fiance for a while. Just like do that for a while. Start a social media, make people jealous, make your life look fancy, <laughs> break up, find someone better. <laughs> start is the main focus there. Start the social media because you need to get online ASAP, you guys. What are you doing? It's just absolutely ridiculous. But you know, this is before Shit's Creek. So, you know, he hadn't met <laughs> the roses yet. That's right. Right before the end. The two of them and E.B. are standing outside. I don't even remember why, but Evie's like, you know what? I think it's been Christmas long enough because the whole thing is she stopped time because Miss Havisham did on Christmas because that's when she found out that whatever, blah, blah, blah. So she unplugs the Christmas lights and I'm like, bitch, it's Christmas Eve. You can't wait like two days. I know. Like, she's like, actually, I'm done. I hate y'all. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house now. I would love a sequel where she's just like a Halloween lady now. I'd be like so into uh, that. I bet she would be totally down to do that too. She's she such a good fun. Halloween lady. Fuck yeah, she would. That's where we could get the goths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. That was the movie. I didn't hate it, even though I like to talk shit. It's fun. Yeah, same. I love shit talking, but I didn't hate it. I don't regret it. It wasn't like, oh my God, that was an hour and a half of my precious time. It was also a great length. Yeah. Somebody used to try to go too long. This was like the right length. Agree. So now I got to ask you, do you have a favorite line that you haven't already mentioned? Unfortunately, it is the steak and shake line. Yeah. I can't reread it if we want to reiterate it. For oh, please. Let's uh... yeah. just, I just want to make sure that people really walk away from this with the art in their yeah. heart. Let him simmer so, in it. He was in my house. He used my shower. Then he got on his bike and went to propose to her at the steak and shake, said with drama on the stairs to her father. So beautiful. What a sentiment. Uh, my favorite line was obviously said as a joke, like in the script. However, I still really liked it because I like anytime anyone says wiener because it's a really fun word. So Sam's mom says to Sam, your father taught you wiener about women because of that swear jar. I liked that. I noted that one. I liked the wiener usage. Yeah. Always good. Always good. Always good. <laughs> Always. Do you have an alternative title for this movie? I do. And I wish it was like really funny, but it's just crayons for Christmas. <laughs> I, I just needed like something crayon based. I couldn't really land on something as brilliant as I'd like, but I was just like, no, that's perfect. It ends with crayons and it starts with crayons. And that, that is, it's a crayon ad. <laughs> I, uh, yep. Yes. I also had a crayon based name that is not as good. It was just red crayons. I couldn't come up with a good one. These, it wasn't a fun one to come up with. Can we just agree that it wasn't love at the Christmas table? It was oh, love yeah. under. under the Christmas table. It was peeping Tom's love story <laughs> under the table. <laughs> I just want to change the position of the love. That's it. That's fine. I, I appreciate that because Thank it's you. accurate. Your version is more accurate. Thank you. And if these movies go for anything, it is accuracy. accuracy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
Bronwyn, what a fucking pleasure it was to have you on. Thank this you. This is the best way to hang out. I love it. I know. The most fun. So fun. So everybody else, thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on The Asylum Case Studies. Special thanks to comedian Bronwyn Isaac and a very handsome and talented Andy Slater, our mixer and engineer extraordinaire. Make sure to visit us at AsylumPod.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever, so you'll never miss a case study. While you're at it, if you found any bit of enjoyment in the show, we'd appreciate a rating in iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show that would help us out too unless you're going to be a dick then no thank you so until next time i'm tressa slater and your father taught you wiener about women